Hi everyone, okay, we're uh, on chapter 3 of Shara Bitachon and Chavot Alevavot. Uh, in our previous chapters, Chavot Alevavot basically defined Bitachon in chapter 1, right, as relying on a provider with absolute confidence. And then in chapter 2, we learned the qualities that a provider must have in order to be worthy of one's complete reliance. Um, which then, of course, we concluded Hashem only has those qualities. So now that we know that Hashem is the only one who we can truly put our full reliance in, um, in this chapter, Chavot Levavot wants to now talk about the principles that we must know and understand to acquire that complete reliance. And uh, in the course of this discussion, Chavot Levavot is going to address a number of related topics, including why Hashem, who's the provider of all sustenance, makes it that we have to work for our livelihood, right? And, and why sometimes uh, the Sadiqim suffer and the evil people succeed. Uh, and other topics like how to choose an occupation based on the principles of Bitachon and what our attitude should be when we're working. But for now, for this class, we're going to focus first on just the Hakdama, uh, the introduction and the review of the seven principles because uh, he rewrites them here in a different order um, so that from the perspective of the believer, meaning us, the ones who put reliance in Hashem, what we need to really internalize and meditate on. Um, and then uh, next class, we'll talk about the other subjects that we just mentioned. So the pasuk opens, uh, the pedic opens, Ach ha'akdamot asher bebruran va'amitatan yishlam le'adam abitachon belohim hen hamesh. He says that there are five fundamental principles which cause a person's trust in Hashem to be complete. And once he becomes convinced of these principles and internalizes their absolute truth, he will have full bitachon. And again, we're going to get to these five next class. For now, we're going to talk about the first seven um, that we already discussed because he opens up with those. And, and the reason is it's not okay to just know and understand and believe the seven principles. He says we have to internalize them. We truly have to meditate on them and absorb them conceptually uh, in order to us truly to have pure bitachon. The first thing we must know and must believe and must recognize clearly that Hashem alone possesses all seven qualities that must be present in whoever is being trusted in order for it to make sense to put full trust in Him. And I mentioned these seven qualities in the previous chapter. And I demonstrated that Hashem has all of them and I mentioned Pesukim that came to mind. Now, to review the seven, this is what they are. How do you show the first quality that we have to realize? That the Creator, blessed be He, has more compassion for a person than any other compassionate being. For example, you know, our parents, we believe, have a lot of compassion on us. Hashem has more compassion on us than our parents do. Um, so it makes sense to have more trust in Hashem than in even the most compassionate person. That's, that's what he's saying here. Furthermore, not only is Hashem's compassion greater than that of any other being, but other beings don't even intrinsically possess compassion. He's saying that compassion and sympathy that another human being has, that another human being shows towards him, all come from Hashem's compassion and sympathy. Meaning if another person has mercy on us in a particular situation, it's because Hashem in His mercy put mercy into that person's heart. Amazing. So even when people are merciful to us, it's Hashem who is putting mercy in their heart to be merciful to us. And that's why when people, of course, let's say, God forbid, if they're poor, they have to beg for charity, beg for financial help, or someone who's sick needs to beg a doctor for help, or, or God forbid, a prisoner has to beg his guard, his guard for help. You know, 
Any situation where a person has to appeal to another person's compassion, in the person's heart he should know, he's really praying to Hashem. He really needs Hashem's mercy and compassion to be triggered because this person's compassion and mercy is, is dependent on Hashem putting it in his heart. The way the Pasuk says, he will give you mercy and be merciful to you and multiply you. What does the Pasuk mean? He will give you mercy and be merciful to you. Well, the be merciful to you means Hashem will be merciful to you and he will give you mercy means Hashem will put mercy in your heart. So that's a very, very interesting uh, thing for us to digest is that all mercy in existence comes from Hashem, whether directly from Hashem or through uh, 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 another human being. And an example we can we can see in our prayers is Birkot Ashahar. We say, Give us today and every day grace, kindness, and mercy in your eyes and in the eyes of all who see us. So may everyone who sees us have mercy on us. So that's the first one, is understanding truly that all mercy comes from Hashem. Hasheni, the second quality for us to recognize, Ki abore that the creator exalted be he does not lack knowledge of any of the ways in which a person can benefit meaning Hashem is perfectly aware of everything that's truly beneficial to a person and everything that's not logic says this since man is one of Hashem's creation and there's no one who knows all the means that can benefit or harm something that's been created and all the problems that happen to it and all the ways that it can get damaged or fall sick or the ways it can be healed or fixed better than the one who created it meaning Hashem created us from scratch so nobody could possibly know what's truly best for us more than Hashem because Hashem created us and think about it in our lives the Havdil we go to an inventor or a manufacturer of a product or of an item to help use with, with use of it because nobody knows better than the person who created that product or that item than the person who made it, right? So, and if it's true that even with human beings who produce something, who don't actually create anything new in what they make, right? Because what they're trying to say is, listen, a guy who invents something, he took materials that already existed, like the guy takes to make a chair, wood, leather, metal for the screws, and then he makes it. They're saying, if we go to a guy who built a chair to tell us how to take care of the chair, fix the chair, do what we want to do to the chair, who didn't even really create the chair from scratch, right? Right, because uh, he's going on to the point, right, where the the guy didn't create anything new, intrinsically new. He re- he merely rearranged raw materials. Uh, they have no means or ability to actually create anything. Then obviously Hashem, who created human beings literally from scratch, who literally created the raw materials of human beings, the cells, the atoms, every little detail, and made us out of nothing, who can be better than Hashem to trust, right? Who can be better than Hashem who, who, to, who could know truly what's good for us? And, and, and by the way, it goes even deeper because Hashem created each one of us individually, which means Hashem even knows our individual personalities and skills and talents and abilities and fears and worries and issues and flaws. And so Hashem literally knows each one of us better than, than anybody else. So He truly knows what's best for us. Surely Hashem is the wise one who knows better 
than anyone, which things are benef- beneficial for a person and which cause him harm. And without a doubt, he knows what's good for a person both in this world and in the next world. As it says, God who guides you for your benefit, who leads you in the way you should follow. And even if a person suffers and thinks that the suffering is not for his benefit, he can believe it's for his benefit. Why? Where does it say? Hashem admonishes the one he loves like a father admonishes the son he favors. Right? So uh, when a father admonishes his son, when a father punishes his son, it's because he loves him. He, his son maybe did something not proper. He knows it's not best for his son's future or even his present for him to act the way he's acting. Well, for example, let's say you see someone uh, banging on a chair after he made it, right? It might look like he's trying to break it, but no, maybe he's fixing it, he's perfecting it. So same thing, if a person undergoes suffering, it's because Hashem, who understands what's best for us, knows that this affliction will be good for us. Number three, the third quality we have to understand is that Hashem is more powerful than any power Meaning Hashem is stronger than anybody and anything. With Baro, Nigzad called Dabad, and his word is more final than any other word. The and there's nothing that can reverse his will and his decision, right? No matter what a person says or does, he can't prevent Hashem from, from, from fulfilling his will. as it says, whatever Hashem wished, he did. And it says, So shall be my word that emanates from my mouth. It will not return to me unfulfilled without having accomplished what I desired. Basically, Hashem gets the job done. Nobody can stop Hashem from getting the job done. We can trust Hashem wholeheartedly. The fourth fourth quality is that Hashem pays attention to managing all of a person's affairs. Hashem doesn't put them aside or get distracted or get too busy. And none of a person's needs is ever hidden from him, from Hashem, whether the smallest or the greatest. Nor does the need to attend to one thing make Hashem forget, God forbid, that he has to do something else, right? Human beings, we get tired, we get exhausted, we get spread thin. If we're involved in a lot of different things, we can lose track of something. Hashem can take care of uh, 8 billion people and no problem. Hashem doesn't forget what anybody and everybody needs, down to the detail. As it says, Why do you say, O Yaakov, and declare, O Israel, my way is hidden from Hashem and my cause is passed by my God? It says, Did you not know? Did you not hear? Hashem is the eternal God, the creator of the ends of the earth. So he's asking, why are, you, why are you saying that uh, that uh, your ways are hidden from Hashem? Hashem does not get tired. There's no calculating his, his, his ability to understand. Hashem is not, nothing's concealed from him. So that's number four. Hashem has all power, all energy, all ability to, to keep track. He doesn't get tired. Number five. No human being has the ability to help or harm either itself, or another human being, unless with permission from the Creator, unless with permission from Hashem. Basically, no human being could prevent Hashem from carrying out His will, similar to what we said, right? But this is saying that, that Hashem has to want a guy to do something for him to even be able to do something. Because when a servant has more than one master, and each one of them is able to help him. There's no logical basis to put trust in one of them. So he's saying, we have to really believe and understand this concept that only Hashem has the power to do 
anything and everything. Because if you have a slave who has many masters, he's not going to listen to one guy and have full trust in one guy. So, Kalahomer, but we have to have this trust in one being, in Hashem, that's it. We can hope to receive the help from any of them, right? If we, if we believe in too many beings. And if one of the masters is more able to help him than the others, then the strength of his trust in that master will be, will be towards his ability. So a guy's going to fluctuate in his trust of the various people, depending on the person's ability to help him. Even though we also trust sort of the rest of them. So... It's not real trust if somebody trusts in many different things, right? He'll trust more in one guy, more in the other guy, depending on the situation. But if only one of them is able to help him or harm him, right? Like we said the example in a previous class, if there's one guy in jail and there's one guard at the door with the key, one guy. He will only put his full trust in that one guy. Because there's no hope of receiving help from anybody else. So, similar when a person feels that no human being could help him or harm him except with the permission of the Creator, only when Hashem lets the person, you know, hurt him or help him. That's it. He won't fear in people and hope in people. And he'll only rely on Hashem alone. As it says, We read this in Tehillim. It's beautiful. Do not rely on nobles nor on a human being. He holds no salvation. And there's a little commentary that I thought was absolutely beautiful, which is, I think it's important that we talk about because we could come up with these questions on our own when we read the parashiot. So, I mean, Chavot Lavot is saying that everything that happens to a person, whether good or bad, whether through natural causes or actions through a human being, is directed by heavenly decree. It's Hashem, right? That's basically what he's saying right now, that with Hashem's permission, or I should say without Hashem's permission, no one or nothing could affect a person's life or death or illness or health or anything else except for Hashem, okay? But there's other situations that might show something different, right? You have the Orechaim who talks about the concept that yes, an animal cannot kill a person unless he was sentenced to death in heaven, right? But a human being can kill his fellow even if he was not doomed to die, right? Because there's free will. Hashem gave a person free will to choose between good and evil. And that includes the freedom to commit the sin of murder. In fact, Orechaim says that's why when Yosef's brothers wanted to kill him, Reuven told them, no, 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 don't kill him. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him in the pit. Why? The pit had snakes and scorpions, which are animals. So if these dangerous creatures killed Yosef, it would be an act of heaven and would prove that he deserved to die, right? Because we just learned that an animal cannot kill a person unless he was decreed in heaven to be killed. But if the brothers themselves tried to kill him, it would be free will. So it would be successful whether or not heaven wants it to happen. And they might succeed even if he didn't deserve to die. Amazing. That's what Orchaim Kadosh says. So the question is, is it contradictory? On the one hand, we're saying anything that happens to anybody is from Hashem, even if other human beings do something to that person. But then you have other opinions that say, no, no, no. Human beings have free will. So technically human beings can kill somebody without, without you know, Hashem's action on it. So beautiful answer. While the views might seem contradictory, the commentators explain that they're actually, they're okay. They're compatible, right? Orchaim's interpretation of the incident with Yosef is based on the Zohar where it says that a person's free will decision to kill someone cannot override a heavenly decree that the intended victim should live. But what's the point? When a person's life is in danger, and we learn this in, in 
the Gemara, it talks about it in, in Shabbat, Masechet Shabbat, when a person's life is in danger, the heavenly prosecutor rises against him. And even if it was not specifically decreed that he would die, this person needs a certain degree of merit to be saved from this new persecution. Why? Prosecution, why? Because it's going to require a miracle to get him out of the situation. So if a person's life is in danger, now the heavens have to say, okay, he's in danger. It's going to take a miracle to save him. What are his merits? How much merit he requires Depends on a variety of factors, obviously. Because like we just said, Hashem designed the world to run according to the laws of nature, so miracles don't happen left and right. So a person who needs a miracle to survive needs more merit than someone who could be saved via natural means, let's say. So so that's so that's part of the challenge. And then also, like we said, this Bechira, this free will. So sometimes Hashem allows free will, you know, to work out. So if people want to kill, sometimes they're allowed to kill because the free will is allowed to kill. So so to survive a plot of murder by a human being, we're basically saying it requires greater merit than let's say any other form of danger because overriding free will and causing a, and causing a miracle is difficult. So that explains why Deovan told his brothers that, you know, throw him in the pit because the snakes and the scorpions, if he doesn't die, then it must mean he, he doesn't, he's not decreed to die. So we shouldn't kill him. It, it was a test. Um, obviously we know what ends up happening, but the summary, the point is that the decision whether a person should live or die is made in heaven and no one could change it, but the decision is based on merit. And the reason I wanted to share this is because, again, you know, it's a very difficult concept to, to digest, but we must that everything comes from Hashem. Nobody can take a hair off your head without the permission of Hashem. And you might say, what are you talking about? People kill people all the time. He's telling me that was the creed. Look at, your, look at in the Torah when people almost got killed or did get killed. And this is the answer. This is the answer that yes, this free will, the merit has to be balanced in the heavenly courts to determine whether a miracle is worth overriding free will to save the person. But other than the free will used to kill somebody, the laws of nature are literally halted um, if it is not in this person's uh, 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 path and destiny to die at this moment. Beautiful. However, however, what is the, the silver lining or the, or the sun shining on this concept? What does it say here? A person can, however, be saved from any external threat through his bitahon. Nefesh HaChaim explains that if one who is in danger of being harmed, and by the way, animal, human being, free will, doesn't matter. Anyone who is in danger of being harmed focuses intently on the reality that Hashem is the one and only who empowers everything in creation and that because of Hashem's omnipotence, no force or will can harm him then whatever forces were marshaled against them are powerless. So whether the threat comes from an animal, from a human being, or a supernatural force such as sorcery, and I'm reading this right from, right from here, the intended victim can nullify the threat by the strength of his bitahon. Wow. And he continues and says, the calculation of whether he has sufficient merit to be saved from that threat is set aside by virtue of his faith that he's in the hands of Hashem alone. Amazing. So, so, so what is, what is uh, Nefesh HaChaim saying, interpreting now? He's saying, listen, yes, we said anything in nature can't harm a person unless it's decreed. Anything with free will could potentially hurt a person. They got to check his merits and see, and see how much uh, mercy to apply. But a person who has full bitahon in that moment and trust that Hashem is running the world and is all-powerful and controls everything, the judgment is thrown aside, the merit balancing is thrown aside, the natural and spiritual threats are thrown aside, and the person is saved. The person is saved. The bitahon saves a person. 
So that ties back to the power of bitachon. So that's that's number five. Is that Hashem basically runs everything and controls everything? Number six, Hashishi, We should a person should realize how much good Hashem does to to, to him and to humanity. Someone should think about how Hashem provided taking care of him from the second he was a concept, <laughs> the second that he was a, a a seed in the egg in the fetus in the in the mother's uh, womb. Because why is it important? Because the person wasn't worthy of even having that generosity. Meaning Hashem is so compassionate. Think about the blessing Hashem did and all the goodness and kindness Hashem did for you from when you were a seed. Meanwhile, when you were a seed, you did nothing to merit that. So it's pure kindness. Hashem didn't even have a need for the person. And why is he saying that? Sometimes we're nice to people we need. Yeah, yeah, nice to this guy because he can do him a favor because you know he'll do you a favor if he's going to take care of you. Hashem doesn't need us. Hashem doesn't need us. So imagine, Hashem doesn't need us. There's nothing we could do for Hashem. I'm saying at this stage, and Hashem is doing all these kindnesses. Beautiful. It was pure gift and favor and kindness that Hashem created us. As we explained in Shara Bechinav, this work, that's another Shad in uh, in Hovot Alevavot. And then he quotes David Amelech, Kemoshaman David Amelech, Lava Shalom. Rabot Asita Tadun Elohain, Flotecha, Machshebotecha, Elenu. Much of you done, you Hashem, my God, your wonders and your thoughts are for us. Basically, everything you did, Hashem, was for us because you had no need to create us. Nothing can compare to you. Should I relate or speak of your wonders? They are too overwhelming to recount. Basically, Hashem was so kind to each of us in the past without us having to deserve it or, or do anything in return. We can feel secure and relying on Hashem to continue to take care of us. And Hashabi'i, the last one, and then we'll wrap up the class. The seventh and final quality of the person seeking to gain bitachon in Hashem must pay attention to it should become clear to him that all the phenomena in this world whether they are beings that exist here inherently or events that occur incidentally have a defined limit meaning basically that Hashem already decreed beforehand all the details that pertain to every being and uh, every event um, beings that exist here inherently it talks about the creatures, right? Humans, animals, and plants and things like that that live and reproduce naturally and events occurring incidentally uh, is talking about things that happen as events, right? Whether good or bad, meaning events of history or even small little random events. Um, and what's his point here is Hashem has his hand in all of it. Everything is timed to the specific uh, desire of Hashem. Everything happens at the time, place, uh, for a specific reason that Hashem wants. And nothing could be added to or subtracted from that which a creator blessed be his decreed. In quantity, in quality, time, and place. No one can increase what he decreed to be of little amount. And no one could postpone uh, 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 and, and no one could decrease what he decreed to be a big amount and no one could postpone what he decreed to happen early and no one can advance what he decreed to occur later Later, basically Hashem controls everything everything, the timing of everything the quality of everything uh, uh, the abundance of everything the, the, the little of everything anything that occurs in a way that seems to run counter to this meaning anything that seems to be caused by by an intervention of a human being or a different thing. Uh, that's actually what Hashem wanted to happen. So uh, we might think, oh, look, this guy got in the way of this. No, no, no. Everything is known by Hashem. 
and everything is controlled by Hashem. The recent event or human intervention that seems to have brought about the occurrence is not what made it happen. Hashem decreed it earlier to make it happen. The same way that all the decrees are, 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 are issued in advance and, and Hashem knows about them, obviously, and brings them about. The, the, the causes that have other earlier causes, uh, Hashem also brings them about through an elaborate system of cause and effect. Uh, Hashem sees everything in the past, sees everything in the future, sees everything in the present. He makes everything unfold the way it does. He sets everything in motion the way he does. And uh, any prior event or human intervention that seems to be uh, independent of Hashem was in fact planned by Hashem, who was the manager of everything. And a good uh, example of this is, uh, you know, Purim, right? The Purim miracle, uh, which might have seemed like... uh, unconnected events over a period of nine years. I mean, Vashti gets killed. Esther becomes queen. Bitaras Teres try to kill the king. Then the king can't sleep. Five years later, Haman comes to the palace right at the time when he's reading his book and he wants to reward Mordechai for saving him and all that. You know, it, it almost looks like you can't make this stuff up. It's all Hashem over the course of time putting things together. Because uh, again, if you look at each detail independently, if you didn't know all the other details of the story and you look at each detail independently, it doesn't seem miraculous. But when you look at the whole thing, you're like, wow, okay, I see Hashem's hand, amazing. So same thing in our lives, something that we have to understand and we're gonna conclude with this, which is the seventh, which is basically in our lives, you know, we're so focused on what's in front of us in our lives, we're so in it, we're so involved in what we're doing that the events in our lives might seem like one-offs, you know, but if we really zoom out, we can really see Hashem's hand in everything. And if we just have the tahon that truly Hashem is managing every detail, every tiny event that ultimately is going to lead to His will, it'll give us uh, it'll give us peace. So we're going to conclude that for now. We're halfway through chapter three. We finished um, we finished the first half, which was a review of the seven qualities of the tahon that someone needs to have. And uh, and now we're going to move on in the next class to the rest of the chapter, which gets into detail about some of the secrets of Bitahon, how to get there, how to do it, what it means, and why certain things happen in the world that might seem contrary to Bitahon. Uh, appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to picking up next time.